Welcome to Shine Me A Light Podcasts. In this series, The Last 27 Years, in each episode we go through the last 27 years in the life of one class of 95 Sydney Girls High School student, and this episode is Preeti Balasubramoni. I, I was having like uh, 10 chamomile tea bags and um, popping those lavender oil. Um, Girl, like the... <laughs> she think is in this. It's what is that? Yeah. That's a That's tea chamomile. called calm. So chamomile, lavender, rose hip. Yeah. That's what I need. That's and yeah. I need probably yeah, five liters of it every morning. Oh, I, I, it's so I do I've discovered yin yoga. So I've been spending like four to five to six hours a week practicing this yin yoga because I need it right now. Yeah. And then yeah. I go visit my mother and it takes about two minutes for that 75 minutes of breathing. But you have two minutes of respite. So that is, oh, I'm so guessing an improvement. To deal oh, with, honey, with I'm so parents. sorry that it's been so tough for you. Yeah, it's been intense. It's just, look, life happens and um, yeah. I'm not under the illusion anymore that I'm in control of anything. That used to be the worst part, I think, when I was younger and I, I thought I actually was in control of things. Okay, did this is sort of the interesting thing I found, interestingest, that's not even a word, but most interesting thing I found doing this is that most there were a lot of people missing from the year 12 year. I left at the end of 94 and so okay. I didn't know who else left and I didn't know who was there. And something so you I found do your HSC at Sydney Girls High? No, because uh-huh. I was – and look, now th- one thing I remember about you with memories is you travelled on the, on my train. So you lived somewhere out near me because I was travelling from Campbelltown. Where were you travelling from? I was travelling from Picton, I, actually. I used, to, I used to get the bus, but I was coming from North Ride. You were coming from North Ride? Okay, you were not on my train. You were not no. on my train. Who was on my train? Okay, I'm going to have to now remember who the hell it yeah. was. Who was on my train? Okay, think. could really it be Sumina Bose? Now I'm gonna have to like cut that out because that's really embarrassing. I have had this memory in my head. I've had memories in my head so many that I've found are wrong actually doing this podcast. If I've done anything terrible to you in those memories, I'm really sorry. I wasn't. In no, you know, you, ne- you never did, and and same. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Mr. Morrison. I think actually, um, do you remember Mr. Morrison telling us all to be engineers? Or no, who um, was Mr. Morrison? I remember the careers advisor. Do you- Geography. Oh, Mr. Morrison. Mr. Morrison. We should all we want to all need more women in engineering. <laughs> and, um, and I think somebody made a joke at that at that point one time about and we need more women in book band and, and a couple of other things. And it went into my memory as what Mr. Morrison said. And I was right. on the podcast. I said, Do you remember Mr. Morrison telling us that we needed more women in book binding? And they're like, <laughs> No. <laughs> and I'm like, I went over it afterwards. I was thinking, I think maybe that, like, he never said it. And it's, you know, there's another memory. So I have a yeah. memory of you that is not true that okay. you were on my train. You were okay. never on my train. Well, I there was we never go. On your train. You were yeah. going to North Ride, and that's completely not where I was going. <laughs> All right. What are your memories of high school? Maybe they are true. <laughs> oh, gosh. My memories of high school. I studied Japanese and remember Miss Shalvey and her love of purple. Um, Miss Carter, the skinny, beautiful lady who had really silky long hair and she tied up in a bun. Um, I remember going into one of the exams for Japanese and we had the choice whether we wanted her to sit with us or not because it was for the HSC. Um, And if she sat with us, she couldn't say anything, do anything. She was just going to be there. And most people said, 
um, you know, no, it's just freaky having my teacher and I'll just go and do, you know, do the exam. And I, and so she left to go to and close the door and go, where are you going? We say, you can't leave me. You have to come here. You have to come and sit. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. remember her bun now that you mention it. Yes, that is yes. really quite funny. I'd forgotten yeah. that. I remember and, um, Mr. Zimagia's young. Yes. And because he was young, I think anyone who was young was kind of slightly hot property or whatever when, you know, so dealing cute. with a bunch of teenage girls. Um, yeah. But he was lovely. Yeah, so, I, I mean, my, my memories are that it was intensely competitive, but, you know, I was rather lucky to come out relatively unscathed. <laughs> and you were one of the people who did do their HSC in 95 with the I majority. Yeah. But I just um, – and where did you go from there? Where did you go in 96? Well, so because I have no discernible talent for anything else, I chose a career in law. Um, so I went <laughs> – My question would be how did you find out you had a talent for the law? <laughs> <laughs> no, law is what you do when you don't have a talent for anything else. Got so it. Okay. I, I – <laughs> But in your perception at 17, 18. Yes, yes. Um, So I went into law and um, did a combined um, arts law degree. So the arts component was international studies. Got to go to Japan and live there for a year and study Japanese through university, which was wonderful, wonderful life-changing experience. Um, First significant amount of time I'd spent out of home. Um, yeah. fending for myself, living, you know, and getting to know all these amazing people. Beautiful Japan um, and having done oh. – and learning a language in a country so different, yeah. And- Very different, yeah. Just it accelerates your 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 rate of learning really. Um, and I just, you know, fell in love with Japan, fell in love with the Japanese people. I was already madly in love with them, but this just, yeah, pushed me over the edge. And then <laughs> – um, and then, yeah, and then started my legal career, worked for a while in private practice in, uh, in Sydney, then worked for a while um, in London for a couple of years. And then, uh, yeah, a, a, as, as most legal graduates do, and then so, came yeah, back to so Australia. Yeah, so many of our year, there could have been a reunion in London. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I loved London. I loved it. It kicked my ass up and down for the first six months. I was I would say clinically depressed. I was so really? because I was I went there not knowing anyone. So that how I knew where to even go for my accommodation was the company that was hiring me sent a cab driver and he had a yeah. cardboard piece of cardboard with my name <laughs> on it. He was the only and if he had, didn't turn up I wouldn't have even known what to do oh. where to go. You know because I was really naive like Indian yeah. girl, pretty sheltered, lived at home, yeah. all of that. So it was very very naive but um ended up absolutely bloody loving it london brought me to life it resuscitated me it's, back to life and it allowed me to Sydney, com- isn't completely it? completely yeah, yeah. i i think because i go somewhere other places that are slower than sydney obviously you yeah. go to queensland and everything you go everyone's yeah. slower but i remember when i'm going to london and, and everyone's going very very fast and on the other side of the elevators and escalators and things like that you know that everything everything i'm doing is yeah. wrong and yeah. everyone's annoyed with me <laughs> But you're such a pretty blonde girl. I'm sure they weren't annoyed for too long. <laughs> oh, they were annoyed with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so London really did, really I credit with um, allowing me to accept that I was weird and that that was okay and that was even good. That's fabulous. Uh, and, for the young and it kind of set me up to meet um, who would become my future husband and then, you know, 
marry oh, kids. Oh, okay, we've got to get that story out. We've got to, how, how did you guys make? Tell me this, tell me this story. So the Indian network is is large and very helpful Global. in these regards. Global. <laughs> so like if you've ever seen Indian matchmaking, like you get something called a biodata with yes. the person's, yeah, like, you know, what where they like study, the family or, and- lineage, a resume. Correct, yeah. exactly, resume. And so then the family sort of, ma- if they're into matching up the horoscopes, they match up the horoscopes. Um, and so I was working batshit crazy hours in London at the time because, yes. you know, they're kind of time zone-wise when you're doing international deals that, yeah, you know, are right. smack in the middle. Ridiculous so hours. Yeah, so absolutely ridiculous hours. Um, but my mother put me on a website. I don't know what she put up <laughs> there about this. me. But she, she, she was like, that's it. You're not going to find anyone on your own because you're clearly not focused and it's not a priority for you. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Oh, I love and it. she found <laughs> Satish and I, I mean, a couple of others that came before that I, I didn't click with at all, but I thought, he, so he said, he sent on, on the website, he had posted what I can only describe Alexis as a Taliban <laughs> recruitment photo. <laughs> Yeah, and just had this arrogant bio that was like, hey, so like not self-aggrandizing, but just, hey, like I, I don't really want a girl who weighs a quarter of a ton or some, something like that. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> something something terribly in politically incorrect. Something so bad. Did you tease him? As the I did afterwards, merciless. And, and funnily <laughs> enough, that's so far from who he is. Like he's a very, you know, cause, especially because he's in mental health, sort of into body positivity and all of that. So yeah. um, <laughs> but I thought he had a really sexy voice and he was Libran and I have a huge preference for Librans. I love them. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and My brother's a Libran, so I've grown up with one. So a little bit of a different yeah. <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah so he so then we I was in London he was in Sydney we cr- had some email communications back and forth he told me later look I really liked you know you were quite witty and had a quirky sense of humor and I like the way you write and you know that appealed to me and then yeah. um I I thought I'm, I came back to Sydney for a holiday of four weeks um from London and just thought oh, why not we've been corresponding I'll meet him Within two and a half weeks, we decided to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Two and a half weeks of a face-to-face meeting. Then two months later, met in Japan because he, being a psychiatrist, said, I want to observe you outside your natural habitat and see what we're like together, where you don't know anyone and I don't know anyone. We spent two (sighs) weeks in Japan, became engaged, end-to-end from the day I first laid eyes on him to the day we got married, nine months. Oh, that's so quick. But when you yes. know, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I wasn't, you know, 18. I wasn't and I remember people I saying that. So. Yeah. Wow. And, and you're still together and it's that's amazing. I think yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. I, I remember people saying that when I was a kid, you know, I would say, how will I know when I'm in love and stuff? And they would say, when you know, you won't have to question it you know like yeah. you will, you will yeah. know and and it, it didn't really happen for me for a very long time so I just started oh, going really? out with people that I wasn't right um, anyway, because I just thought okay I don't anyway separate yeah. story um okay so you're you're now you've gone to Japan again to get married did you stay no, in Japan so we no so we got engaged there. in Japan so we'd known each other for what about um two months by that stage and most of that time had been in I was in London and the only Mm -hmm. reason it took as long as nine months for us to get married 
um, because we were both ready in Japan to do it. But I was, I had to resign from my post in London, physically move all my stuff, go to India to plan the wedding, meet his parents for the first time. Of course, you've got to have the traditional ceremony. Correct, correct. And so we had a wedding in Kerala. We had a, a reception in his home state of Chennai. So all of that. So that's why it even was nine months. Otherwise, it would have been shorter than that. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. Yeah. All right. And what year was that? What are you doing? You ate, you are, oh my gosh, you, 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 how old were you? 20? No, no. I was, um, when we got 21? married, 30? 30. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And it was in Japan. Did you stay in Japan? Did you, where did you guys live? Where did you settle? So we, so the engagement was in Japan. Um, oh, I'm with you. Okay. And then the wedding, wedding was in was India. All India. And we, we live in Australia now. So, and in, then you, so we lived in Dots Point for a while. And then, yeah, so uh, straight after the wedding, um, I moved into his apartment in Dolls Point. And then we saved up, uh, got pregnant with our first child and bought this house in Chatswood. Um, and yeah, and then what three and a half years later after having our first baby we had our second so we've got two little boys you got two boys you're a mother yes. to two boys I was a mother yes. to one boy for a long time and now I have a oh really crazy girl yeah my boy okay. is 19 <clears throat> 19 yes I had him at 24 so he'll be 20 while I'm still 44 um and you yeah, look so... gorgeous, Alexa. I have to say this. You look absolutely oh, you. stunning that. and nowhere near 44. But Great. it's amazing to think you have a child who's 20. It is ridiculous to have a 20-year-old child. <laughs> well, he will be at his next birthday. It is very bizarre. And now yeah. I have this crazy six-year-old next week. Right. Anyway. Um, but the point being, mum to boys is a different experience to now I have a girl. It's very different. So you've got the, the boy experience. Do you feel a little bit outnumbered in your family? I was speaking <laughs> to you know, some other people who've got the boys and the husband and the and the, it's all boy stuff and they're the only yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have that? No, I don't. I don't. No. I mean, I, I always wanted boys. I grew up in a family of girls and I always, you know, dreamed of this little these these you know two little boys that I wanted to have I prayed about it and I um when we had our miscarriage before I got pregnant with Adi I'd actually started writing letters to him to say you know today like that day I wrote a letter to him to say Adi today's a very sad day I've miscarried but it gives me hope because you're trying to find me I know that and when you do we're going to be so great together and um so no I always wanted them so I I never feel I never feel that. And they're, they're at, you know, yeah. they're six and 10. They're at a beautiful age. Um, so whatever interests them fascinates me as well. Because I don't, I think it was, I think it was Sumana. I don't think she'd mind me saying, she was just saying as aging too, you know, being in, in your forties with young kids who want to play sports yeah. and a husband who's in, and if they're wanting to, you've got to stay fit, you know, to sort of, yes, you know, yes. otherwise you're, the, you know, left out of yeah. the you know the game and stuff so what do you guys kind of do what's your life look like as a family Um, two boys as a family so my my husband's work is incredibly demanding and particularly since covid um you know sort of medical services have have expanded the the demand for them exponentially um so he is um incredibly busy I used to be that um but because of my eldest son's um 
high anxiety and he's got, you know, some needs around that and just needing someone to be there with the boys to, to teach them, educate them, get them to do their homework, all of that. I've sort of taken a bit of a career step back. I'm working part-time in a consultancy type role as a lawyer um, and really loving it. So they basically, I work for a company that seconded me to to different companies as a lawyer, um, which I, which I really love because it allows me to focus on the, the things I love, like the architecture and and, yeah. Yeah, um, so I do that. My husband works crazy hours, absolutely insane hours, and he works, imagine. you know, on weekends and everything. So yeah. it's it's really it's really tough. So if if I didn't do this, then no one would be there for for the boys. Um, so our life is me working um, sort of contract roles of my own yeah. choosing for whatever length of time I've told them that I can do it. Um, yeah. My boys do, um, <laughs> the little one is so dramatic. We put him in NIDA. He does acting oh, classes. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a right little horror. And <gasps> he, um, we thought this might get some of his obvious melodramatic tendencies out there ventilated so he does that the boys do karate swimming tennis so you know they're telling them what to do yeah so if they're those kind of will not be told i will not be told children what do you do with them acting yes that's my plan yes yeah (laughs) yeah and he's loving it he's he's really loving it it's very good for his personality so yeah so so we do that and then on weekends you know do do things as a family um yeah Sounds a bit that's, of a mix. that's my life, really. Yeah. And, ha- and how old's your oldest son? Oldest son is 10. He's 10. Oh, so you're about to enter the teenage years. I'm, I'm sorry. scared to death. I've, yes. Yeah, I know. I've, I've told them that mummy is going to go live on a mountaintop for a while. Hey, soz, but all right. Yeah. Hope there get the there comes a moment, I think, when you're parenting the teenager boy, that in my experience, when you look over and you go, I really don't like you. I know I love you. <laughs> But I really hope you grow through this because right now I don't yeah. like you. Um, <laughs> and then they come out of it, thank goodness, in my experience. Um, but I don't rem- I actually, to be honest, I do remember being that bad. What were you like as a teenager? Were you a very good teenager? Um, I, I was very good, very obedient. So I'm the oldest um, child in a family of two girls. And so kind of meeting my parents' expectations, having their approval, having the um, approved lifestyle in life, I guess, fell disproportionately on me or maybe I just absorbed it. That's how Um, it felt anyway, yeah. Yeah. So my sister is just a dead set, like absolute rebel, ninja goddess, thoroughbred of of a woman. She's off in Paris doing fashion and she's like fuck you me and my polish boyfriend you got your lawyer i'm doing whatever the heck i want yeah (laughs) i'm gonna do what i want she's popped out to indian boys and she's with her indian husband living in chatswood very close to you guys so i'm a fuck off to paris toodles um which i'm so happy i'm so happy she's she's doing that i don't want to make it sound like i'm not following my you know dream but but i was always yeah yeah, I was always yeah. acutely aware that one of us had to do that, or my parents would um, panic Have themselves to death. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember in, um, when they used to scale our marks? 
Do you, do you remember yes. how to get two columns? And I used, to, I used to try to fold the paper over so they could just <laughs> see my, not that my parents cared that much, but did your parents yeah. care about that second column, how you did compared to everybody else? Because I remember I'd get oh, 88 yeah. sometimes in a test and, and then my scaled mark would be 22 because, yeah. you know, 78% yeah, yeah. got better than 88, you know? Like, yeah. You know, oh, no. oh, no, absolutely. Like my parents were... You know, the, the the question would always be, so who beat you? Who who got higher? Who, you know, how how did you fare? How many people in the class? That kind of thing. Yeah. They did back off a little bit after a while because they could see that, like my oldest son, I'm uh, quite high, high anxiety and um, had sort of issues with anxiety and, you know, de- depression and some very maladaptive behaviours, ways of coping yeah. with that. And they were quite shocked when they found that out. And so they sort of backed off and so 40 years and then they backed off a little bit (laughs) (laughs) I love that did did you like how did your kids cope with COVID do you think that kind of made it worse but yeah with the isolation a lot of kids sort of struggled with the isolation and the homeschooling Um, and were you isolated or Mummy needed several cocktails Mummy was a screaming (laughs) incoherent banshee Mummy turned into something that Daddy didn't recognize, and Daddy worked late a lot. <laughs> However, the children's experience of it was was quite good, and it oh, made cool. me sort of we came up with creative little ways of kind of getting to know each other better. Because before COVID, my work life had been unbelievable—just work, work, work. You know, sometimes I'd be in the boardroom in one of my jobs till like three a.m quite regularly it was just it was crazy it was stupid um the hours that I was pulling so corporate law was that corporate yeah corporate commercial but then during COVID like because it would just be the boys and me when COVID first hit before people started to you know when we didn't know what it was that we were when it was terrifying when it was so terrifying um we'd cut you know we'd do different things like we came up with the time traveling game and we um you know, came, like did a did a game where I I did all of these different accents and I'd adopt these different personas when we I was giving them lunch, so we felt like we had more people at the table than we did. Oh, that's so cute! <laughs> I can't do accents. Like I have like one well, accent. Can I, like, don't worry. Yeah, fifteen cultures in one sound. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mummy was South African, and now she sounds a little bit Japanese. What happened? <laughs> But it's good that you learned that lesson about it's okay to be weird at a young yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's for a good sure. thing to pass yeah. on to your kids as well. Because I really Nothing. struggled with that. I mean, like the just being, yeah, really went went through, you know, some very, very poorly um, phases where I was very uh, adapting very, very poorly, didn't, didn't have good coping skills and um, was yeah. intensely um, punitive with myself. It's hard. It's it's difficult, isn't it? I, well, pers- personally, I look back and I sort of feel a bit sad, yeah, about the way yeah. I treated myself when I was younger. And I sort of think, oh, you're, yeah. yeah, same, very harsh. And, yeah. you know, you sort of think, oh, if I was my daughter, I certainly wouldn't have been as harsh, you know, and I wouldn't be as harsh on my child oh as my God. I was. You know? And that's yeah, why I'm myself. sort of hyper aware with Adi, my eldest, that I don't I – don't want him to become like me in those respects and I can see early signs of how my mind used to work and I I just you know I'm the one that he comes to so I want to make sure he um he 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 doesn't feel overly pressured and doesn't 
doesn't adopt that mindset, that punitive mindset. Yeah. I think yeah. the role modeling is the only way we have any influence. That's my experience with my children yeah. anyway. They don't listen to anything I say. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I'm doing it, I have a chance of them doing it because they'll want to emulate me and they won't admit it that you know, yeah. there'll be some influence in the role modeling. But if I'm oh, not actually sure. doing it, they, yeah, not going to happen. Um, so I don't know. How did parenting sort of change? So parenting, like, look, you've pretty much covered how parenting changed your priorities. It completely turned you from career woman. Yeah. to someone who's has to multitask and again did you struggle with that initially because I, I sort of struggled with that initially oh, yeah I'm sure absolutely I mean like funny story like that's slightly off the topic of career but still on parenting before yeah. I was to give birth to Adi because like when I got married to my husband he was this exciting he was like a new pet that I had to play with at home. I was living with a boy and I would just lie and wait for him to wake up because he was very late in waking up and I would just look at him and be like oh, a hundred so thoughts cute. going through my mind, you know, oh, why, why, why does he always defend Sarah Palin? And I wonder what he thinks about what's happening in California right now. And remember that time in Japan? Oh, Satish, wake up, wake up. It's almost 5 a.m. <laughs> I was like this demented one of one of like Grizzly and the lemmings, like one of the lemmings. Um, so and I'm so, 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 yeah, obsessed with him. And I said, mm. I'm going to lose you on I after this baby is born because you love me, but you're, you're, your, you know, all that it, attention and love is going to go. And he, in his usual wisdom, said, you know, no, I promise you it will be the opposite. And I tell you, when that child came out of me, I mean, the postnatal depression hit after, but when he came out, I immediately knew I would pull out Satisha's still beating heart in front of him <laughs> if it meant Adi got another week of life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, so once I that progesterone was out of your system, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing, isn't it? How and and it's it's amazing also how common postnatal depression is. They don't. And talk of, yes, I know, I know. I had it with don't. my son, and and there was no real help for it at that time. It was two thousand three, and yeah. there was one place in Sydney you could go and live with your child. One place for how many women you were had it? You know that. Like, how many babies were born that year? You know, probably a hundred thousand. Did you have family support, Alexis? When I did. I did. Okay. I was lucky okay. because I, I was. It was really bad for me, and, and I, you know, and I. Ever a few people have talked about it, but it was. It, it makes it very hard to parent. You don't have the bond. The the sound of the crying was almost like chalk, like nails down the blackboard, kind of. You know, like is that it was, how it came out for you? It, it was, was like yeah, it felt very detached. very difficult. Right. Still, I don't think there's enough services for it. No, and I, I, you know, I'm married to a psychiatrist and I'm, um, yeah, reasonably in touch with um, certainly my feelings and reality, but did not see it, did not know what was doing this, didn't recognize it as anything. Um, I just, you know, would look at my child and feel like I'm, I'm so sorry, you've, I'm the one you have and I wonder if not having me would be better. Because that's it, how badly disadvantaged you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, we, we went to some dark places. How, yeah. yeah. Our brains are, are, are quite amazing, aren't they? How you, Yeah. It can be the exact same situation and it's all inside our heads. Changes yeah, correct. The reality, it's all, yeah, between the ears. It took me yeah. a long time to learn that. I, I thought that was, you know, yeah, I thought I actually had it, my finger on reality. 
<laughs> yeah, right. And that everyone saw the same thing I saw. That, that yeah. I, yeah. It took me yeah. a long time to learn everything. Oh, my God. I'm learning that now. And I'm, you know, at the age that we are, I'm learning that now. It's a, it's a beautiful age. I really, I'm enjoying the 40s, I have to yeah, say. Me too. Like I, yeah, I think that the 20s were fun. The 30s, um, I remember going to the, did you go to either of the reunions? I went to one of the reunions, yes. Had like because I think that one of them was quite sort of fun. The one I went to though, I and this is it once again perception. Um, it was just sort of, am I good enough? Have I it was achieved clicky, enough? Right, I felt the same thing. Um, you know, it was and very and, clicky. And I and I ended up just gravitating to someone who I who I knew from primary school and right. just sort of finding it a bit difficult you know and I think yeah. the 40s one the 30 years going to be so much better because just no one cares anymore <laughs> Do you know what I mean? like, no no if you've been if you've been through this much life and especially people who have had kids yeah fucking just, zero judgment you I get through it if you have to have a cocktail every hour you do that <laughs> just do whatever you need to do it's a lovely age of self-acceptance I think but for a it lot is. of people probably is, not for yeah. everyone but for a lot of yeah. people I think it is and it's it's that yeah. beginnings of that just I often think, like my parents say, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now. I wish I could go back and talk to my younger self and just say, hey, man, chill the fuck out. Stuff that you think is so important isn't. I just get, I, I got asked that question recently. If you could go back and speak to your former self, what would you say? But I think honestly, yeah. I'd just get back in and come home because words would be wasted on my former yeah. self. Right, <laughs> right. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, I wasn't, I wasn't taking anything in. I was very, I knew it all. Um, but I love that quote that I never really understood when I was younger: "Youth wasted on the young." Because I think yes, yes I have the youth and the wisdom, but. Yeah. And some people do, and they're my kind of the people I admire, the people who just get it at an early age, how to right, do life right. really yeah. well and be authentic and feel so comfortable and follow their intuitions and all these yeah. things, you know, that yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like clicking at 42, 43. Yeah, I know. Same, <laughs> same. I know, I know. Yeah, I know. Like I feel the, the same. <laughs> so is there anything that you would like to talk about that's a passion of yours? Oh gosh, I'm probably going to sound quite boring, aren't I? Um, well, definitely not. I actually think you'd make a great character in a show. Oh, really? That's what I've been thinking. <laughs> um, well, um, I could talk about what could I talk about? I love. I'll tell you one thing. I really love. I love um, gift giving. Um, I love doing it right. That is a particular passion of mine. And my husband and I have honed it from a token of love to an art form to a fiercely competitive <laughs> Hunger Games, Hunger Games style sport. Who gives, um, the best gift. who gives the best gift? And it's gone. Ridi- we peaked early, so my <laughs> advice to my former self would be: don't you know, start with the yeah. like it's an the, endurance. The, Race. Yeah, correct. It's an injury. It's a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint. Um, but like some of the stuff that we've done. So to celebrate our um, 12 year wedding anniversary, I had this idea that I wanted to um, examine the concept of perspectives of how two people can see the one event and have radically different ways of viewing it. So I made him a stack of cards that I had laminated. And on each card, each card came in triplicate. So there would be one, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. So on the one, yeah. one, one card, the first card would say what happened. 
yeah. dispassionately, objectively. The second would say what was going through my mind. And the third would say what I think was going through his mind. And so it just sort of chronicled these moments. That's so in our... cool. It's making me think <laughs> of you. that Brene Brown where she's at the story we tell ourselves and how she approaches right. her husband and says, the story I'm telling myself right now is you right, tell me right. what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Good yeah. one. So, yeah. No, so that, that, that was... Did you win that year? Oh, listen, hands down won that yeah. year. Um, this year, I'm not sure I will win, but this year I tried to put some effort into it. So the first gift I ever gave him was a book called Truffle and Rosalie, which is about a children's book about two little pigs. Um, and they go through different life journeys, but they always meet in the middle under the apple tree and fall in love. Mm. Uh, and so you read Truffle and Rosalie's story to the halfway point where they've met, then you flip it and you read Rosalie and Truffle's story from her perspective. Oh, that's so so cool. I made sort of one of those for him, but about our sort of stuff. So, um, and he's, he's, yeah, yeah he's very, um, tends to be very generous with gifts as well. So. Because it is very interesting, isn't it, too, in a relationship that, that yeah, I, I always want, yeah, you really got me thinking on that one now because I, I would like to know what the other person's narrative is, like what, yeah. you know, because yeah, yeah. you're always making it up and trying to guess and and hope. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I think, I mean, the, put, we went to a fortune teller actually when before we got married. I just, love, just, just no. like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I have a tarot this, card reader. I yeah, swear by it. That's who we went to, a tarot yeah. card reader. And she was. She practices in the rocks. I practices anyway. Satish thinks that that is total and utter bollocks. But went for a bit of fun. And boy, did she get his yeah. number. She got him mm. so, so right. And one yeah. thing she said about him really stands true to this day, which is that we're sort of each other's shadow selves. You know, like we've we've come into this marriage to – he will trigger in me what needs to be triggered for growth and yes, vice versa. Yes, healing union. Yeah. yeah, That's a beautiful yeah. thing, I think. Like yeah, when people are yeah. too similar, I think, and they don't challenge each other and they just sort of, correct, you know, just tell it, back yeah. each other up, yeah, you're perfect the way you are, you're, you're right all the time. It doesn't, yeah, you don't grow. So I, yeah. I like those unions where it, it challenges you to grow and the yeah, other person points yeah. out when you're, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, ditto. Preetia, I had so much fun recording that episode, so I just want to say a big thank you for being a part of this. 